You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I am your host, Nate Thomas. With me today, the one, the only. <laughs> it gets worse and worse every week. I know. We've got to come up with a better thing, <laughs> but whatever. So, what do we have today, Nathan? It was uh, an ep- episode. Episode. An episode. A good episode. Yeah, it was It was good. Uh, we had your buddy that... Uh, Steve Horner. Yeah, Steve Horner. And you've known him for quite a few years. Yeah. And stuff. This is the first time I've got to meet him. Super nice guy. Uh, really nice. And uh, we talk a little snag in action. We do, yeah. yeah. Uh, today, which is uh, March 15th, we're not going to be releasing this until uh, next Tuesday, but um, today is opening season, uh, opening day of snagging season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and when we release this, it'll be right uh, in the beginning of snagging season and people are in the middle of it. Um, might be some of you out there that don't snag or have never snagged or uh, have no idea what it is. Uh, kind of the boat me and you are in, honestly. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've heard of it. I know what it is yeah, and stuff. But, but I've, I've never, never done it. Yeah, same. Yeah. I've never done it personally. I want to, and hopefully we can get with him sometime yeah. in this season and go down there and try it. Yeah, because I it mean, be I, a lot of fun. Like I said in the episode, I've eaten it before, and it was amazing. So I would love to catch one of those guys and put it in my freezer. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good episode. I knew I was going to say it at some point. <laughs> um, so uh, we appreciate Steve coming on. Uh, another thing before we get into this show that we wanted to mention real quick, we have a new partnership, um, a new partnership with Alps Outdoors. Yeah, and we are super, super excited about this one. We, I mean, we love Alps. I mean, me and Andy, we run Alps gear. I think you got a few Alps items. Oh, sure, yeah. And stuff. I mean, we really do love Alps, and the fact that they are a Missouri-based company is... Makes it even better. Yeah, makes it even better for yeah. us. So it, it's a per- perfect partnership for us, we feel yeah. like, and uh, we really look forward to working with them uh, down the road and, you know... Yeah, and obviously when we... Uh, to continue this podcast, uh, you know, sponsors are kind of a must at some point, yeah. so... Uh, we have a, a few awesome uh, partners that we partnered with at the start of this year. Um, Alps Outdoors is uh, is is our latest one, and we're excited to work with them. So check them out at alpsbrands.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they've got, you know, if you don't know who they are, they've got a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, packs, tents, outdoor gear. Yeah, mountaineering uh, stuff. Yep. They got, yeah, they even do some, uh, uh, they have some blinds and things like that, too. Yep. So pretty much anything you need as far as your gear-wise goes. They don't, re- they don't really do, they don't do camo clothing or nothing like that. They specialize in outdoor you know, gear. Yeah, yeah, outdoor gear. And so, and like I said, I've, I've, my meat or my pack has hauled meat before, and so is Andy's and stuff. And they do really good stuff. And I mean, we're super excited about this one. Yep. So check out Alps Outdoors with a Z. Yep. At the end, and um, and then if you don't have anything else, let's get into let's it. get into this episode with Steve Horner. Let's do this it. is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. 
All right. Here with Micah. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? I'm tired. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Tired. Well, I'm I'm excited to learn about this subject today because it's something I don't do much of at all. Um, have you ever? No, I've never done it. I got a you know a few friends and stuff that have done it and stuff, and it sounds like it's a really good time. So yeah, one of these days for sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things I really want to try, but yeah. anyway, today we got an old friend of mine, Steve Horner. Howdy, folks. How's it going, buddy? Doing good. Um, here with us to talk about snagging, and uh, you know, there's a snagging season. So we're recording this on March 15th. Uh, it won't come out until next week, but it opened today, didn't today it? Today was opening yep, day, opening and, day. And Steve actually went out, and yep. he'll tell us probably a story about what happened with that. Oh, but, it was a good time. Um, but yeah, Steve and I uh, have known each other for quite a while. We actually went to Fire Academy together back oh, man. at least 10 to 15 years ago. Some, yeah. Um, yeah, probably more like 15 years ago. And uh, so I've known Steve since then. We've kept in contact a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. but... Uh, um, so before we get going, Steve, why don't you introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are, where you're from. Well, I'm Steve Horner. Everybody in the snagging world knows me as Scuba. Yep. Uh, Do you have a cool way you got that nickname, or is that well, just... Did you fall off a boat? <laughs> and I actually got it when I was on the fire department. Oh, okay. When I joined in, you're Probie, and you get a nickname. So Big Daddy was out, and Scuba Steve, and that's how that went, and <laughs> Scuba stuck, and... Scuba. Here it is. Who knows how long Big Daddy's been out, but I'm still going by it. So, <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I'm Steve. So, I drive drive a dump truck, run some heavy equipment during the week. It's uh, about what I do for a job. Make that dirt life, you know, money. There you go. <laughs> um, yep. To feed your habits. To feed my bad habits of yep. hunting and fishing. Yep. Yeah, like they said today, snagging season started. Went out. Uh, with some buddies, we boated nine or ten fish today. We lose count after four or five. Mm-hmm. And weather was beautiful. Sun tried uh, poking out a couple times. And I think it got up in the 50s, almost 60 degrees down there on the water. Nice. So That's not a bad day at all. Then come home to tornado warnings. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Tornado and rain. hail. Yeah, yep. rain his butt off. Yep. Yeah, it, was, it was kind of a gloomy day up here most of the day. So yeah, pretty much rained all day. So where were you at today? I was down at the 55 mile marker between the 55 and 50. Oh, so on the Ozarks? On the Ozarks, yeah. Okay. Nice. Tally, or I was going to go to Truman, but with all that rain from Friday till now, brought Truman up into flood stage and all the trash and debris that's been sitting on the side was going down. So I'm, I just pulled the trigger and decided to go to the Ozarks instead of going on Truman. Okay. Yep. Nice. Well, before we get too deep into this, this this podcast is about learning different things that are out there in the state of Missouri and in the Heartland. Um, so for anybody that's listening that would like to learn more about this subject, this will be a good start because uh, Steve is going to talk about setups, you know, how you set up from kind of beginning to end, how you actually fish, how you try to catch them, all that stuff. But before we get too deep, uh, explain to everybody what snagging is. Snagging is... Basically, you're taking some big treble hooks and putting them through the water trying to hook a spoonbill or paddlefish, depending on what you want to call it, and no bait, just a weight or the new way that we've been doing it with dipsy divers. And 
I watched a video on that today, the Dipsy Divers. Yep. Yeah. It's been a game changer. And uh, you're just going through the water with that bear hook, either trolling behind a boat mm-hmm. with the Dipsy Divers <clears throat> or sitting there just yanking on it, pulling that hook, trying to set it. And then you got guys I don't bank snag. I never really got into it, but I got a bunch of buddies that do. They line up along the banks there around Osceola up towards, I think, Taborville, Shell Osage. Then below Bagnell Dam, they'll be on the bank down there, and they'll cast oh, two, 300 feet, I'd say. Oh, wow. And they're using a lot lighter weight yeah. so they can get it. And they just sit there, and they'll jerk, reel a slack out, jerk, just hoping – they set that hook. It's more of a workout, I guess. That separates, you know, boat snaggers, bank snaggers. They'll tell you it separates the men from the boys. The men, <laughs> well, I mean, that sounds like a pretty yeah, hard Yeah, the men job. bank snag and the boys go in the boat, so I'll take the title of being a boy and being in a boat. <laughs> I was taught to work smarter, not harder, too. So I've heard that it's quite a job doing either or. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're constantly doing something. Well, the dipsy divers people tell you that's the lazy man's way is it but i take people that are older and they can't sit there and yank on a rod all day long 24 ounce weight or 16 depending on where you're at they just can't do it right so you throw the divers down and take off at five mile an hour instead of being about two and you cover more ground and get a better chance of hooking up yeah well and the science behind it is the reason you snag for uh spoonbill is because they're bottom feeders. They're bottom feeders, and they don't go after yep. You know your normal lures, right? Uh, they don't. Now people say they catch them on crappie jigs, but they're not biting the crappie jig. They what they're got... doing is they take that bill and they'll kick it in the mud, mm-hmm. and they bring that plankton up. And then their mouth is huge, and they're filter feeders. They'll go through that to get the plankton. And if you're sitting there jigging with crappie jig and they swim by with their mouth open, yeah, you'll hook them in the mouth, but they weren't biting that jig. Yeah, they, <laughs> they weren't going after yeah, that. Not yeah. intentionally. <clears throat> so so that's pretty much the only way you can catch a, uh, yeah, a paddlefish is, is snagging them. So that's uh-huh. how that became a thing. And um, So that's kind of the science behind it and what snagging really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there's somebody out there that didn't know. Um, so now let's kind of just get into, well, what got you into snagging? I mean, uh, did you, when did you first start doing it, and why do you like it so much? Because, I mean, I've known you for at least 15 years, and you've been doing it since. You do it all the time. Uh, shoot. When did I get into it? I can't remember when I got into it. I so think you're I was, saying it's been a while. Yeah, I'd say almost 20 years, probably. Uh, I've always seen it done. Never, mm-hmm. never did it with as a kid with – like my dad or grandpa or any of them, they'd always <clears throat> talk about their junk, their trash fish, which that's what people still tell you. Mm-hmm. And when I got my boat and was old enough to drive, it was like, you know, I'm going snagging. I'm going to give it a shot. Went to Bass Pro, bought the Bass Pro snagging special with a Bass Pro snagging special rod. And we went down there got some weights and the first two three maybe four years i never hooked a spoonbill really didn't didn't know and don't know the people i know now that 
really could help me out and mm-hmm. we just kept going kept going kept going then finally we hooked our first one and i kind of learned some through some friends and we were doing it wrong at the first few years too small weight and all that and finally just i started getting on them and been on them since there you go it's kind of like any other type of fishing really it's mm-hmm. one of them you never know what's gonna right come I guess. Yeah, because you're going down the river. They could be a foot away from your line, mm-hmm. and you just go right by them. Mm-hmm. Or they might be 100 feet away from your line. You just don't know. Yeah. How, and many, how many dead bodies you hooked? I've not hooked <laughs> none yet. Buddy of mine's uncle That would did. freak me out. Yeah. yeah, that would scare the crap out of me. Way back in uh, years ago, a buddy of mine's uncle hooked one. Mm, really yeah. brought it I all think the you way got a giant to, yeah. paddlefish uh-huh. someone dead oh man i think he said he brought him up and saw a big toe and ended up calling cops or conservation or something and yeah he's <laughs> no longer around to tell us the full story so <laughs> and it could be just a scare tactic on right people just make it you know saying, oh yeah he caught a body blah 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 <laughs> But well, I, I never have. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. good. That would be a freaky deal. It would be. Well, let's get into what you do. So you brought a couple cool things today. Um, a couple. Uh, yeah, I brought rods. two different rods. I brought one that uh, for jerking. It's a lot stiffer. It's got a backbone to it. The shorter one. Though. Yeah, that white one sitting mm-hmm. there, and it's actually got a. 24 ounce weight on it Mm -hmm. yep and then hooks down here it's all wrapped up but i mean if you want to feel the backbone in it yeah yeah that's a pretty solid yeah it's like a broomstick basically is what we call them what weight test are you running on? Uh, i think that's 120 pound green dot on that one okay i mean it's basically rope yeah trot or (laughs) trot line rope yeah basically a little thinner, but that's what they call it. And then I brought this custom Meat Hunter Extreme. And that's what I run these divers on. And it's a little more. A little more flexible. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you try to run the divers, um, the ones that are like a broomstick, they like to trip. Uh-huh. And I noticed on that reel, that one, that tells you how many feet yep, you're I going Yep, I got a line out. counter on it. Yeah. So you can actually tell. Because, uh. Uh, and that's what's that deal on the end again? Uh, a dipsy diver. Dipsy diver, because mm-hmm. you want to run like depending on how many feet you go out is how it's deep like three foot, three to one. You let out three foot of line, and it drops one foot or yeah, something like that. Yeah, one foot in the water. Okay, but those line counters, they can be good or they can be bad. Yeah. Well, let's kind of talk about that. So, you're set up. Obviously, you got a boat that you mm-hmm. take out, and you. You mostly you're on the Truman or Lake of the Ozarks for yep. the most part is where you go just because of where you live and uh-huh. that's the closer spots to you. Yep. Uh, so, do you look for a certain type of weather? I mean, you only have what from March fifteenth to March fifteenth to April thirtieth. You got forty five so forty five days. days. Are you looking for a certain weather? Well, the fish will start running upstream. When the water temps between 50 and 55, mm-hmm. and you got a current. So, yeah, when it warms up, it's going to get better. But 
right now you're catching resident fish there's been no pressure for 300 and what 20 days <laughs> 365 minus 45, 45 so yeah. yeah so yeah 320 days there's been no pressure they're sitting in deep holes because it's cold out mm-hmm. and you just run through there and but once they start moving it kind of gets a little more a little trickier yeah you gotta find them and i know i'm giving away some secrets on <laughs> what i know but they'll get up on the flats okay when that sun's shining they'll get up in that shallow water because it gets warmer mm-hmm. and they'll sit up there and just sunbait hmm. so just like any other animal exactly yeah what are you going to do you're going to stay in something cold or are you going to get where it's warm yeah okay so they'll go up there and then you just try getting up on the flats and that's where it gets a little more entertaining because you got more debris more stuff you can actually hang up on and bus lines yeah. right i mean i would assume that that probably happens just constantly getting yeah. hung up on stuff depending on where you're at now down on the lake you get in the you're on the main channel i think i got hung up once today mm-hmm. knock on wood and uh now on the river from Osceola up to taborville you got trees you can go all two, the trash that the, uh-huh, the river you yeah. can go 200 feet not get hooked up you could go all day not get hooked up but you could put in go five feet get hooked up get your stuff back go another five feet and you just sit there and you just you start like why am i doing this (laughs) (laughs) that's where the work comes Uh uh-huh yep and some people don't have the patience to go back over and try to retrieve their tackle they just break it off there and tie on new but that, that'd be me I'm, I'm raising my hand as you said that <laughs> i have very little patience but on them divers you know they're anywhere from 12.99 up to 25.99 yeah so, oh, that, so that maybe you don't want to get that back yeah <laughs> that could get pretty expensive pretty quick uh-huh. you, you know you lose five of those a day oh, yeah. or something like that and then your so. hooks they're i'm not exactly sure about a dollar piece i'd say yeah and it's just like well <laughs> yeah what do you do mm-hmm. not cheap for a hook still yeah so okay you, you pretty much go when you can at that yep. point i mean just like most outdoorsmen and women right they, like they, they do what they can when they need but they can since so. i work in the dirt world like when it rains i ain't working well when it's snagging season i know the night before i ain't working Off i'm going go. snagging next morning i'll be calling some buddies up hey you not working tomorrow let's go yep we're leaving at six Makes or sense. earlier so you get out on the water. What's some of the stuff you? What are you looking to do? I mean, you've got these two different poles. Do you? Are you setting them both to try to do different things? No. Or are you doing uh, one thing or the other? If I'm gonna, sometimes if I get out early in the morning and I'm on the river, and there ain't a lot of boat traffic, I'll go back to the traditional way of yanking lead. Gotcha. Just it's a little more exciting because you feel that initial hook up and reeled in. But once there gets to be boat traffic, I put them up, I grab my trolling rods, and I take off, and I cover more ground because the river's narrow, mm-hmm. and they start really zipping back and forth and with all the boat traffic, and it's just like, all right, what do <laughs> we do? So cover more ground faster. Nice. That's pretty cool. Um, Can you do it at night? 
Yeah. So you can do it all the time. Yeah, that's yep. good. Yeah, it opened at midnight this right, so morning. The, yeah, this so this morning. So yeah. there's been times where we've put the boat in at 1030 that night. Wait until 12. We'll start, we'll start <laughs> graphing, try finding fish, because today's technology on fish finders is just unbelievable compared to when I started. Yeah. Sure. And you could see them sitting there, and it's like, all right, this is where we need to be, and you just kind of pull off just wait to the side and wait till midnight hits. Well, about eleven fifty nine, you got your rod and the hook, and <laughs> you're just waiting for your phone to say midnight and drop in and start yanking or trolling or whatever. But I didn't do that this year because it was like last minute thing. And yeah. Didn't know if you were going to make it anyway. I was worried this morning. I didn't have my battery on my boat charged or nothing because all the rain. I didn't think I was going to go today. And all of a sudden, it's like, you ain't working. And I get about halfway down there, and I'm like, oh, I didn't charge my battery. And the <laughs> boat ain't ran since November, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully this works out. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there's another snagging season in the fall, correct? There is. Now... It's not on Ozarks or Truman. Okay. It's over on the Missouri River, out by St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. There's there. I definitely know there's snagging out near St. Louis. Uh huh. I thought there was some people that were pretty big into it in the Kansas City area, but maybe I'm thinking of a different type of fishing on the river. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I can't remember for sure, but yeah, I don't partake in that one, so I forget the dates on it. <laughs> I so. got you. Yeah. yeah, I don't blame you. So when you first started going, you obviously did. Did you have a fish finder when you first? I did got, have a fish finder, but like you said, technology uh-huh. was probably pretty bad. So it was a little like beep. beep. Well, the one I had was, uh, I think it was like an eagle. I bought it from Walmart for like ninety bucks, and when it would show a fish on the screen, it would actually look like the goldfish that you'd pull out of the box and eat it just yeah. <laughs> was that shape and it'd show fish but i used it more for the depth and temperature mm-hmm. to see what it was at and went from there i didn't it because it would just bleep it'd be it could be a carp or a catfish and it'd show that same little fish little fish and it was like you don't know what it is. Yeah. And it might be a bigger one, or it might be a small one. So you know, <laughs> hey, there's something there. Do they travel in schools, or are they just kind of on their own, or how's that work? I guess a little both a in little a way. Bit. I know the you'll see times where they're stacked. Like on, I got a hummingbird helix nine now, and you can definitely tell. What's, what? what's a spoonbill? What's a catfish? And sometimes you'll see like five or six stacked up together. Yeah. And sometimes you'll see like one or two and you'll get the males run first. Okay. And then the females will come after them. Like today we caught all, all males. Some buddies that were further up, they caught some or further down. Yeah, they were, they were down the lake. They caught a few nice females, so. Gotcha. Yeah, that, uh, the hummingbird, that's what, remember when we had Doug Vonberg on mm-hmm. with, uh, the bass, the professional bass fisherman? Yeah. He's a big hummingbird guru. Yeah. And he, he does a lot of, like, they're teaching you how to use it, and he said that. Didn't he help create it or something like I'm that? not sure. I don't want to say Yeah, for I can't sure, remember, but, but I, I thought he had something to do with it. He but. does a lot with them, but yeah. he's, he, he was the same way. The technology with, I mean, he said, you can essentially map 
out an entire lake. Oh yeah, with these things and know every little tree, every little bend, every little shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. what I like about it because I've got the map card, and you can see it shows you where it starts tapering down where the ledges are to go down into the what was the river, mm-hmm. and I'll get on that edge, and they'll sit there right from the flat. And they'll get suspended and sit right on that little hump and go through there and just pick them off. There you go. Yeah, Thanks. I was talking to uh, the owner of Sally's, but we call him Pops. And then his son, Kevin, we were, he just got up from the lake. They got a place on Truman. And he was at a buddy's or something. And he, I, I don't know what they had, but some new type of, you know, radar thing or whatnot. And he said, he's like, it's cheating. <laughs> he's like oh. it's not fair anymore <laughs> he probably had that garmin live scope it might have been because you can actually, and actually sit i there. do i do think he, he did mention something about crappie fish and you could sit that's there what, and watch yeah, and your jig was. on it and you could watch that crappie come up hit really? it yeah you just there's guys it. doing it with spoonbill now wow but they say you need to be in 20 foot or less water on it for it to be effective hmm. really and they'll sit there and you could see that spoonbill and you could take your well they put a smaller weight on it and bounce it over towards it and just Gang up, so I'm guessing with the spoonbill, um, you you know when you got one. Oh yeah, on the on the, the hook. Well, yeah, when it starts dragging, but it could be a big catfish. You know, could, you got a fish on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that initial when you're yanking, like if you get hung on a log, it's just a solid dunk, and it's like, yep, I'm hung. But like when you hit a fish, you kind of feel that rod kind of give a little bit uh-huh it'll bounce and like on the when you're trolling if it just bends and sticks you know you snag a log yeah if it sits there and bounces and then goes down you know you've hooked fish and then you can sometimes watch your line run a little bit run out to the sides and stuff mm-hmm. dad had that happen last year two years ago he hooked one that was right around 100 pounds and he hit it and he's like, I'm hung up, I'm hung up. And he starts reeling up, and it was slack. And I'm like, did it break? He's like, I don't know. And I just happened to turn and look, and I'm watching his line go past the boat. And I'm like, you better hold on to that reel because you got a fish. <laughs> all of a sudden it hit, and when he got in, it probably peeled. We were had a 100 and some foot of line out, and it peeled it to like 200 and something. And he's reeling. He's like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm like, you yeah, you finished reeling your fishing? I got it. And it's like. <laughs> What's the biggest one you've ever caught? I was going to ask you. Right that. around 100 pounds. 100 pounds? Yeah. Nice. So that's probably. I mean, so what, but what are the kind of, what's the average usually? Average 50. 50 pounds? 50, yeah. I mean, they're, they're a big fish. Yeah. Yeah, no yeah doubt. they're pretty big. They're around 50, 60 pounders, and mm-hmm. about average. You know what the state record is? 143. 143. Jeez. Yeah. That's pretty. And it was caught down the James River. Out, was it really down there by Table Rock? It's a giant fish. Uh huh. Yeah. My yeah. gosh. Yeah. Do they put up much of a fight, or they depends on where you hook them. Really? If you hook them up by the head, and you can just pull it straight to the boat, Not it's like even. pulling a stick in. Yeah. If you if you tail hook it, and you you get a live one, you'll get it up to the boat, and it'll catch daylight. And she's burned out another 100 foot of line after you just reeled in over 100. And you're just like, oh, my. oh man. Yeah. And if they wrap up, 
like if they tumble in the line, just wrap themselves up. It's like pulling in another log, just dead weight pulling. Yeah. And huh. it just depends on how they're hooked. Yeah. We had a couple tail hooked today that were billed down in the mud, and their bills were just covered in mud, and just they fought pretty good. Had a couple new guys today that never been. And they had a good time. Nice. Speaking of new guy, here's a dumbass question. So I'm looking at your two rods, and you mm-hmm. got a single hook. A single hook on both of these rods, right? Oh, there's two hooks. Okay, there's two. Yep. That was the question I was going to ask you. I have a buddy who is a big, like he likes putting out trot lines. Uh-huh. Is there a method with these where, I mean, you got multiple hooks, but they're on, you know, within what, how many feet of each other? Oh, what is that about? A couple, four eight feet, foot. four foot. Yeah. Do you, do you ever have a setup or is there setups where you put half a dozen hooks I never out across have. something? Like using like a using a trot line or I mean almost a half a dozen on one of those. Is there is there a method where you actually can use a trot line? It's legal. Is it? Yeah, you can put. Do a, a lot of guys do it that way? No, no, because it's I, just a pain in the ass. Yeah, because yeah. you got other snaggers that go by. Right. They hook that line. They're cutting the trot line. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it made me think of that because you know yeah. you're, you're doing a similar. But technically, you could still have out the thirty three hooks. If you wanted wow. to have three poles out and put 11 hooks on each pole, God. you could do it. But once you get over three rods, you got a lot going like on. everything else. You got to put your name, conservation mm-hmm. number on every rod after three. Right. And I usually, if I'm by myself, I'll run two, maybe three rods with two hooks each. Yeah. And it's just, you hook one fish, you got to make sure it's good. Put it in the rod holder, back in the rod holder. And reel up them other two. Mm-hmm. And you got a hundred and some foot of line out. You just rolled up two reels that got a hundred. Now you got <laughs> your third one that's got over a hundred and a fish on it. And it's yeah. just like. A lot oh, of work. A lot to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm going to hold off on one story that I know we got because I've been waiting to say this. All right. <laughs> so for anybody that's listening, uh, earmuffs, because I, this is going to be funny to me. You got two big balls sitting here <laughs> on my table. Tell us about these. Heavy ass balls. They're cannonballs. <laughs> you got a two pounder and a three pounder. Yep. Um, they work the same way as a diaper. They're a little cheaper. Two pounder. I I've made them myself. Lead is about what two bucks a pound right mm-hmm. now. So basically, you got four dollars in a two pound weight, six dollars in a three pound weight. But there's guys that sell them for a little bit more just because they're your time's worth something. Yeah. Sure. Me, I've got the molds to do it. Yep. So, so you just do it. Uh-huh. And you uh, use that as your weight. Yeah, you like just, yeah. trolling with, the like, the diver. Yep. That'll help get it down just like the diver does. And uh, usually it's a little bit deeper water. Like, if you're in, say, the 30 to 40-foot range, you'll run a two-pounder. If you're 40 to 60-foot of water, you'll throw the three-pounder on and... Just gets it down there uh-huh. faster. So you made these ones? Yep. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I used to know some guys that they always, you know, go to, like, tire shops and stuff like that, and they get their old I, lead. I hate tire lead. Really? It's dirty. Is it? Is it? Uh-huh. So for the listener that can't see this, um, I mean, we're holding, you know, little mini cannonballs is what uh-huh. they are. I mean. Or a shot put ball, whatever you want. Yep, shot put ball is probably a better, better way to explain it, to be honest with you, but. Yeah, Steve makes these out of his out of lead, and they and hurt it. when they drop on your toe. Oh, <laughs> I, would, I would imagine so. I'm sure they do. 
Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so one thing Micah and I found when we uh, were doing a little research on snag and just kind of some stuff talked about to talk about with you was this snag a tag get a reward program that the MDC puts on. Mm-hmm. So for the listener, uh, I guess MDC is in the final year of a five-year tagging project this year mm-hmm. uh, to help monitor paddle fish numbers and improve species management. Um, MDC staff have placed metal jaw tags like you brought us and we'll yep. hear a story here on paddlefish in the lake of the ozarks truman lake table rock and the mississippi river and uh they also have implanted transmitters and thousands of paddlefish at these locations to track their movements and gain other important uh research information mm-hmm. but what's cool is i guess you catch a fish with a tag on it and you are entered into kind of a reward. Yep. You, when I said that to you, you pulled out your keychain and <laughs> I've got five of them. You got five of them, you know, sitting on a keychain. Uh huh. And, uh, you pulled this one off here that you found. And, uh, well, for, tell us about the reward process first. You kind of told us what, uh, what happens with that, but they put, put them in the jaw mm-hmm. and basically they got a number on it. If you catch a fish that's got a, band and slip you call the number a sweet gal will answer the phone and you'll they got numbers on them like if people waterfowl hunt that are listening it's just like that you give them the number that's on the band and they'll ask you how how the the weight of it the length of it and where you caught it and then oh week or two weeks i think it is they'll send you the paper of when they tagged it and then with the information that you gave them and it'll tell you where they tagged it what it weighed and what it measured when they banded the fish and then you could see how many years ago it was how much it's grown over say (laughs) say you caught one this year and it was tagged five years ago maybe it grown two three four inches and put Mm -hmm. on 10 20 pounds yeah they can take that and realize okay the spoon biller they do it for their their biologist mm-hmm. and they just research how they're doing on the bodies of water in missouri that's pretty cool so out of the five we'll, we'll talk about this one that i'm holding the story but out of the five do you remember which one was the oldest or the longest in between uh either the one in your hand or this other loose one i think hang on i could tell you real quick <laughs> oh you remember them that that well by the numbers uh-huh because they tagged so many fish so it's not really uncommon to get one that's already been banded or tagged right i caught one that was tagged it was what was it last year or two years ago they banded it in February of that year, and it put on, or no, it actually lost some pounds because it Took swam off. swam the weight off. Really? Uh-huh. I forget which one, but one I had was three years. Three years old. From when they tagged it, and I think it grew two inches, maybe, two mm-hmm. or three, so an inch a year. Yeah. And I forget what the weight was. I, I never weigh them unless it's just... Right. A big mama. <laughs> and it makes me curious. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So tell us the story about this one, because you told us this be- before we started the one recording. one you got in your hand. And that's pretty cool. Uh, 
we were down on the 60 mile marker of Lake the Ozarks and which is 30 I forget what the mile marker of the, the dam is there at uh, Warsaw but we'll say 30 some 32 miles away from the dam well this fish was banded up on Truman Lake at Barry Bend and Barry Bend's a few miles away from the dam itself so all in all you, we'll just say 40 miles, mm-hmm. but it made it through the dam when it flooded two years ago, when it was like 30 foot mm-hmm. high. It made it through the dam, lived, and made it all the way down in the 60, but who knows, it could have went past that, and it was just making the run back, and that's where I happened to catch it late season. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really neat. Yeah, when you got that information, you, uh-huh. were, you were probably thinking, yeah, I was like, hill. I caught this on the Ozarks. Why is it saying it's banded at Barry Bend on Truman Lake? And, right. But, yeah, we the other one, it was banded down on the uh, Gravoise arm at Larry Gale. And I think it's a good 40, 50 miles. Of, like, it made the run up towards the dam at Warsaw. And so they, I mean, they do travel. Yeah. So are they always working their way towards that dam? I mean, is that kind of the going theme? Yep. So probably. Kind of like salmon spawning. Uh-huh. Right. They go up river, so that current's coming from Warsaw down, so they just follow it, and then yeah. when they get to the dam, obviously they ain't they got nowhere to go. Yeah, obviously they can't go nowhere. <laughs> now what? Yeah. They're like, damn. Are they going up there to spawn? It's like, is it like Forrest Gump? I think I'll go home now. Uh-huh, yeah. pretty much. Uh, well, yeah, I, yeah. They're going up to spawn, but if you, I don't know how, to indulge the information, they they say that the fish are sterile uh-huh. and they can't reproduce, but I've seen fish that are smaller than what they say they release, so it's kind of like if they can't reproduce, and you guys say you release them at X amount of inches, and we've caught them at X amount. How does that make sense? Exactly. So okay. I, okay, I didn't realize that they were I supposed to be that's sterile. Not something I knew. Yeah. yeah. And so then, so all so they're saying that all the all the spoonbill and stuff that people catch is what MDC releases. Yeah. Really. And huh. there's and they're they're believed to be sterile. That's what they why, say. Why is that? I. <laughs> it's just interesting to me. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. heard that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Is it true? I don't know, but it's just what someone's told me. Right. And I just find it kind of odd. Huh. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Because yeah, then why would they try spawning? If, you know, mm-hmm. I guess I guess a sterile guy wouldn't know he's sterile. Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I guess. I mean, <laughs> he's still, still going to give a yeoman's effort. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how you'd even sterilize a fish. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't, I don't get that. But, they, but you talk about them, they say like a, a female fish that's sterile. Their eggs are more of a yellow. Oh, really? But all the ones I've ever had are the grayish color. Hmm. So. Is it is it paddlefish that they get in, it's illegal to sell the eggs, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, but and... it's caviar, right? Yes. That's what they consider caviar. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Man, yeah. something new every day. Yeah. Yep. It's like, $200 for like four ounces. Really? And yeah. you can fill up like a coffee can or two of those five-pound folders off of one about 80 pound female yeah but and if you catch it can you keep it yourself yeah yeah for 
eating purposes. Right, right, right. Sure. right. If you wanted to eat it yourself. And, uh-huh. uh, uh, do you do you eat the fish? Do I eat the, the fish, fish itself? Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I, I'm pretty sure – is gar? Do people eat gar too? Yeah. Okay, I can't remember. A buddy of mine gave me – it was either a spoonbill or it was a, a, it was a gar, and I cooked it up. And it was freaking awesome. Like I, I cooked, I did it like just in a pan, you know, just a quick. Yeah, fry. people tell you that spoonbill's nasty, and it's all in how you prep it. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I mean, I didn't do nothing crazy, but I like if I if I'm thinking of the right one, it was real like it was real meaty, like real thick te- texture. It wasn't mm-hmm. real. It was fall- like chicken. Yeah, it wasn't like fall in your mouth or nothing right. like that. It was like chicken. Yeah. Well, it, it don't fl- taste like chicken, but <laughs> the texture kind of. Yeah, the texture kind of had like a chicken texture to it, which uh-huh. I mean, it was just, it was good. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. Huh. So I mean, yeah, they, eat them <laughs> if you catch them, eat them. <laughs> no, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that's, have you had alligator? No, I never have had it. Okay, had I've had it from like Bass Pro, right. you know, that restaurant. But there. it's they, the same style texture. I would say it's it's soft like fish, but it's not as flaky. Yeah, but it's not as solid as chicken. Hmm. Yeah, and. I mean, there's so many different ways you can cook it up, smoke it, deep fry it, bake it. Yeah, I'm going to have to – well, we're going to have to go fishing with you sometime. Oh, yeah. Because I want to eat it some more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. was delicious. Yeah, so when you go out, I mean, you obviously usually go with somebody. Oh, Because yeah. that's the fun in it. Yeah. You take out – I mean, how many guys do you usually go with or today do you had, see out? Today I had four in my boat plus me, so five guys. Yeah. We could And you said several of them were new guys. Two of them were new guys. So a lot of learning going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I had two guys that I've taken with me before, so it takes the headache off having someone else in the boat that right. knows what they're doing because if you're trying to drive and run the rods on the back, you're, <laughs> you're jumping back and forth, and it it can be a madhouse. And I had a buddy of mine on the back with the two new guys, and he was showing them, and they'd be like, what depth you want it at? And I'd tell them, and they'd set it out, and... We'd catch a fish. They'd jump on the back. I didn't have to. Re- I didn't reel in. Or I reeled in a couple today, but we had four keepers. I yeah. think it was. So is there two, a, is there a certain size they have to hit before you? Thirty four inches from the eye to the fork of the tail. Okay. So nice. Not necessarily a weight though nah. that they have to meet. Yeah. Just the, the just that length. Length. Okay. Well, and I've noticed that about you. I mean, you know, like I said, we've been friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we've known each other since uh, Fire Academy, and we've mm-hmm. stayed in contact, especially through Facebook and right. uh, over the years. And I've noticed that about you is uh, when you talk about t- taking the two new guys today, you, you do that quite a bit. You'll oh, take, yeah. You know, you take your – I think your nieces. I took my nieces uh, last year for lot the of first hunting. time. Um, you know, you enjoy doing stuff yep. with new people. And, like, now, back when I started, we didn't have Facebook. Right. We didn't have the social media and all the different snagging Sim- sites. Simpler times. Yes. <laughs> And now you can get on like snagging and bragging or Missouri paddlefish or uh, one that I help admin, which is the new Osceola snag nation. Uh, People get on there. Hey, I'm a first timer. What do you recommend? And 80% of the time the people are cool and they'll help them out. Mm -hmm. You'll get occasional butthead it's like oh you gotta put your hooks in the water you know yeah you know? yeah thanks yeah <laughs> appreciate it bud uh-huh <laughs> and you know i like i get on there even before i became an admin i would get on there and people would be like 
I'm going up to Osceola Snag and never been there before. Where do you recommend to go? And, you know, like some people, they won't share information on where they're catching fish. Yeah. Well, I'll draw, I'll paint them a map. <laughs> I'll screenshot Google Earth of the river and I'll take the paint app and draw red lines and I'll say, this is the spots I hit. And then. I got people messaging me, why are you telling them where to go? And I'm like, why not? Yeah. They're yeah. like, well, that's going to crowd that area. And it's like, guys, there's so many fish in that body of water. Yeah. And. And there's a big body of water. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, why not help people? You know, like I was a new guy. Well, it's like going, like I was getting ready to say, going back to when you were a new guy, you said almost four years before you uh -huh. caught your first fish. Yeah. And you are right. The world we live in today is different. Mm -hmm. There's social media. There's, I mean, podcasts that we're yep. talking on right now. And if a new guy or gal that is wanting to get into whatever, in this case, you know, snagging. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, you, they can help themselves with their learning curve being a little smaller. Right. You know, that's a good thing. And there's a it, guide it, out of Oklahoma that is in our groups here in Missouri. Mm -hmm. And he posts videos of how he cleans a fish or how he ties his hooks on, how he does this. Yeah. And, you know, he's from Oklahoma. He don't have to do that on a Missouri page, but. Well, it's just, yeah, it's cool. just, it's just a way for someone that if, if a, a certain person wants to get into, let's say snagging in this mm -hmm. case, and after their third time, they catch their first fish. I mean, instead of that person maybe quitting after six months, right. or I guess it wouldn't be six months because they only got 45 right. days, but maybe after their second year, they didn't catch anything and they said, this sucks. I'm not doing this uh -huh. anymore. Well, instead of that, they catch one on the third day and maybe they catch only a few fish that first year they went, Right. but now they're hooked for life. Mm -hmm. You've got a new member of the snagging community yeah. for the rest of their life. And, and it's because it's grown. Oh, I'm sure just like everything out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I, I can see why, cause it's. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It's fishing, but it's different. Right. You know, you get to be out on a boat, um, which I guess is the biggest issue. It's finding a boat to you yep. if you don't have a boat. But yeah, um, And you don't have to be quiet. Like it, when you're crappie fishing or something like on a dock. Oh, gosh, yeah. You don't have to sit there and be quiet. Like I've got a Bluetooth speaker that's got two 10-inch speakers in it. I've got that thing cranked loud, just blaring music all around. I, I mean, I bet it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, just having some fun. Yeah, yep. hooting, hollering with your buddies out on the river or mm -hmm. lake or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a good time for sure. So do you have a limit per day that two. you can catch per it's person? Two per person, but you can only have four in your possession. So if you if I went out today and I caught two, mm -hmm. I went out tomorrow and I caught two, I'm done for the season until I eat. One of them at one least. One or two, yeah. Yeah. Really? Uh -huh. I'll be danged. Mm. So my thing is I like taking new people. I get just the biggest thrill watching somebody that's never done it reeling a fish. Yeah. Then I do reeling them in. Yeah. I mean, I've reeled in so many spoonbill. And it unless it's just an absolute giant. Right. It's like, oh, there's another fish. Yeah. <laughs> but I just like new people that go. You got guides out there that, you know, people pay the guides to go. And... Yep, which uh, is perfectly cool, too. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not licensed captain, so I don't 
That's per because, se. That's because you scuba. Right. <laughs> right. I don't per se guide and take money if I got buddies that say, hey, man, I know you snag. You want? Can I go with you sometimes? Like, yeah, come on. Right. I got a spot in the boat and an open date. You're more than welcome to join in. Well, we're going to – we need to mark a day on the calendar that we can all – because I, yeah. I definitely – I want to try it for sure. Yeah. Well, and like I said, that about you is, you know, when we thought about doing a snagging episode, heck, I think you and I messaged each other back and forth mm-hmm. before I even started this podcast. Well, when we were starting this podcast. Right. I said, hey, if we ever do a snagging episode, you want to come on? Mm-hmm. And that was over a year ago. I yeah. think – I actually think we talked about it at the Midwest Wildlife Coyote Tournament last year. Yeah, last Feb- – what was that, February? That, well, yeah. January, February. Fe- or Yeah, there's there in so February. So over a year so, ago. Yeah. And, uh, and mostly it's because I see how you are and you, you – you seem like a guy that likes to teach others how to do things and take new people to learn it. And, you know, it's cool to see you with your nieces and doing uh-huh. hunting with them and fishing and, and all that different stuff. I'm sure they, if they get wind that I went today, they're going to be like, <laughs> why didn't you take us out of school and take us? <laughs> you know, you had to go to school. <laughs> yep. I try making it on a weekend. I watch the weather really like hard when i go to take them because yeah i don't want to take them out when it's going to be 30 or 40 degrees and cold right because i want them to have an enjoyable time not a miserable time yeah, yeah. now me i'll take some buddies out when there's snow and then there's ice on the poles and i'm gonna be like man up <laughs> you yep. want to catch fish man up because these <laughs> these fish are wet i mean yep. they can't get any wetter and they can't get any colder so yeah <laughs> You're in their environment. Yeah, right? the only way they're going to get colder is when you put them on ice, but then you're going to warm them up when you put them in a big pot of hot grease yeah. <laughs> and some batter on them. There you go. That's awesome, man. Well, I, what else? I mean, did we miss anything about snagging that you think is important for people to know, especially for the person that might be wanting to learn about it? I mean, we can't get everything, and, you know, we'd be here for two days if we yeah. talked about every little thing. But. Trying to think. What we've went over and what we haven't, I'm sure once we get done, we'll be like, oh, we should have said this. Oh, sure. Every, every damn episode we ever do. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, I guess I could plug the Facebook sites. Good idea. Like that, yeah. fa- uh, snagging and bragging on Facebook. You got Missouri Paddlefish, the new Osceola, Snag Nation. I think if you just go on the search deal, type in Missouri Spoonbill or Missouri Paddlefish, it's going to bring you up. A list of different deals. Join them all. I mean, yeah. Join all of them and yeah. Talk to those guys. Maybe maybe you make a new friend. Uh huh. They could take you out or something like that too. And a lot of the guides advertise in there too if they want to book a guided trip. But pretty much majority of the guides are already booked up. Right. I mean, they're booked up back in January, February. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sure the guide world has been crazy this this COVID year. Oh, oh, last year. And not just fishing. I mean, everything. With everything. Last year was harder, I think. Oh, I'm sure. Because I got a couple buddies at Guide, and they had big trips that were coming out of state. Like, the state told them, if you go out of the state, you can't come back until you're 14-day quarantine. It's like. Oh, so there's a lot of cancellations. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I was thinking the other way around. Just because, you know, if anybody listening to this show has kind of noticed the outdoor world has exploded mm-hmm. in 2020 mm-hmm. um, because of COVID. You know, everybody's been getting outside. Right. And uh, I just assumed, you well, know, that, there's the guides, a lot of canceled trips. I can see that for sure, though. For that. Didn't think of it that way. I donated 
a trip back in 2019 that was supposed to take place last year for Delta Waterfowl. And the guys called me up and they're like, man, we really want to go. But with this whole COVID deal and all that, and I'm like, I understand. And I'm like, just get with me next year. Yeah. I said, I'm yep. going to make it right. I ain't going to be like, well, you're out of luck. I right. mean, now, if you had caught the flu or all of a sudden, oh, I can't go. Well, that's on you. But this yeah. is a a nationwide pandemic. It's yeah. just not like something yeah. like I caught strep throat. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm going to make it right. And yeah. They're supposed to go with me. I told them to give me the first couple weekends to kind of pinpoint where the fish are, and then we're going to set a date. And it's a a son and a dad, and then I guess the son's two boys. So it's basically three generations I'm taking out. First time. Yep. First time paddle fishers. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, I know a little boy upstairs that would – Mm-hmm. be love yeah, to see that love oh that. my gosh that kid all he ever wants to do is go down to our pond fish yeah. now, that's all he ever wants to do i mean of course that's a different type of fishing but that's all he likes doing but well we we appreciate you coming on man. oh yeah um you know we like i said i've been ready to do an episode on snagging since the last time we talked but we our podcast started mm-hmm. after snagging season was over last year so right. i've been kind of circling march 15th and it just yep. so happened that it worked out perfect yeah today and opening day season and yeah i went yeah. down there and i was telling the guys i was with i'm like guys i gotta leave at this time because <laughs> i gotta be here at this time and all of a sudden it, i was running late and i'm like oh man and i'm like all right i'm watching my gps and i dropped up my boat off and I hit the road, and it's like, oh, you'll be there like a minute before. And it's like, all right. <laughs> and, it, and it wouldn't have mattered if you were 30 minutes late. We yeah. would have been here. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks, Steve, for coming on. Oh, man. yeah. We appreciate you Anytime. T- talking about snagging. And um, good luck this season. Sounds all like right. you had a good first day, too. It was a good first day. Hopefully, I'll be back out this weekend. And nice. You guys will see on Facebook <laughs> pictures, hopefully. Yep. That is the one nice thing about Facebook yep. and, and, and Instagram. Oh, yeah. You do get to keep up with people that you don't see very often i mean right you don't live too terribly far from no. me but we probably still live an hour apart is it yeah yep so you know it's not like you you just like next walk door next or something. door hey yeah. man gotta go fish your pond <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right which you're welcome to do by the way anytime but um anyway thanks for coming on buddy yes. and if you don't have nothing else micah we'll no, hop good. off steve no, thanks no questions man. all right hope y'all learned something i definitely did yeah <laughs> several things that I wasn't aware of. Yeah, we didn't get really too much into the weeds as far as you need to be setting up like this, you know, hitting these benches and blah, blah, blah and stuff. But I think we gave enough to, you know, get somebody intrigued to getting out there and giving it a go. Yeah. So. Yeah, especially with some of the, I mean, these are big fish. Yeah, they're huge. You can, can be. You they know, can be really big. Ones. Yeah. Yeah, Steve was talking about how he's got a 100-pound one. The state record's 143 mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh Based on what he said, I have no idea. Right. Uh, I probably should have checked that. But, uh, <laughs> should have fact-checked that. But uh, what's that, what do they call it, a deep dive? I should have done a deep dive. Yeah, deep dive. I think that I think that's the correct term. But it's pretty cool. Steve brought some uh, some poles today to kind of show us the different types of poles he uses and, and some of the weights he's got. I mean, he he creates his own lead weights, which is pretty cool. I made yep. a joke in the in the episode about his big balls. Because <laughs> they are. They're, they're little like little cannonballs yep, yep. that he makes. And uh, so uh, we appreciate Steve coming out and talking snagging. Uh, he got to go out today for his, 
uh, for opening day. Yeah. And I'm sure he'll be out again. So, um, and who knows, maybe we get to go with him here in the next few weeks or something like that. Um, I'm I'm not going to burn his, his, uh, ears off trying to get him to make us go i hate doing that but sure if if for some reason we go out uh we'll, we'll try to post some cool pictures and stuff like that so absolutely all right hope everybody enjoyed it we'll talk to y'all later have a good one